It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE, RedEyeRadioShow.com, where we stream live or get our app, put it on your phone, and listen whenever you want. Uh, We'll get back to more of your calls and comments here just uh, momentarily. Uh, Here we go. Obama's 08 campaign manager warns... Biden, up your game now. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's the what's the version of up for Joe Biden? What's he going to do? I don't know. I mean, you can't up your game until you actually have a game. Well, we said that we said that yesterday. That we look. I understand completely. As a if I was a political consultant, take away my my opinions on the reality of any situation or the reality of the issues that exist right, right now right. in our country. Take away my my political biases here and just put me in the role of a just a political analyst. Right. And that's yeah. all I am. You're paying me money. You're saying, okay, we're going to pay you a million dollars. Tell me what the problem is. Mm. And I'm going to tell you the problem is the fact that Trump is – even though it's not a campaign rally, you see Democrats. By the way, we said that yesterday, and notice Democrats. I don't, they must be listening too because I saw Democrats saying that every day Trump holds a campaign rally. But in essence, it's not a campaign rally. Right. It's not. But the fact is, it's even more effective mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than a campaign rally mm-hmm. because a campaign rally, you're talking, you're t- you're you're t- talking to the converted. Right. They're already with you. Yeah. Each and every day. He has a bully pulpit that nobody else can touch. And this is what I tell the Democrats right now. Mm -hmm. And before I accepted the money (laughs) in order to be the consultant, Mm -hmm. I would say before I accept this money, and I don't know if I can. I'm cashing that check first. uh, I, I don't know what you can do. Based on observing Joe Biden, I don't know what you can do. I think it has only one option quit well (laughs) quit and let cuomo in but then again you saw that die a little bit when cuomo started saying i don't know maybe i made the wrong decision maybe i shouldn't have closed uh, you know off uh, new york state the way that i that, that i did maybe this isn't the best for public health and the economy what i did he's questioning what he did and like i said when he when the media is just went crazy over trump and the uh, whole chloroquine mm-hmm. thing, and it was Cuomo, who's as governor, was the one that really pushed it and ordered it for clinical trials in New York. You really can't criticize Trump <laughs> for saying, hey, I think some of the research is really good. We ought to look more into it and get the FDA and other agencies to get on this thing. And if it works, to use it. Yeah. He used it. They used it. It's been used right now. And so when you see over the last couple of, when you see the last week that, okay, how are you going to separate Trump from Cuomo or Cuomo from Trump when, and and use the coronavirus pandemic as, and the leadership as the reason that he should be president, what you criticize Trump the most on 
is exactly what Cuomo has done. And the things that Trump has questioned, Cuomo has also questioned this week. And I don't know if the media hasn't noticed it or not, but it seemed to be a little bit quiet yesterday. The let's get uh, let's get Cuomo in there to be president. So maybe they've even realized that. But I would say, look, uh, I don't know what to tell you, because looking at your past, you can't you can't string sentences together. And the fact is. You're going to try to attack him on coronavirus. Mm. Public really isn't up for that right now. And what I mean is independents are. Mm-hmm. And so if you sit there and you attack him every day and you say things that are wrong about what he is saying, you're going to get blasted. And it's exactly what's happened. He's got blasted for things that he, he right. has said, but it just has no effect. Nobody cares what you have to say because this is a whole different ball game. The only... People are in their homes. Mm-hmm. People are stuck in their homes. Mm-hmm. Really, the best thing for you to do is just shut up completely and maybe in a month say, okay, now it's time to focus in and really go hard. Right. And I know you can't. they can't do that, but I don't know what else to say because he makes so many gaffes and so many stumbles. This is what I'd say as a political consultant to Biden and his campaign, that it becomes a joke that what becomes news is not the seriousness of Joe Biden and what he has to say, but what makes popular culture, what makes the news in popular culture is his gaffes. Right. Like the cure thing was just mind-boggling. Yeah. And right. when it was the cure or the cure, whatever that was, mm-hmm. he was done. And I'm like, I feel like hearing uh, the forest from the cure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, the, the, from we got the, a cure, the, the cure, and the cure is the problem. Right. And the problem is the problem. And And then it was just, I felt embarrassed for him, the whole Jake Tapper showing him how to cough correctly. It, when he started hacking, I'm yeah. like, oh, well, and, and the, the optics were horrible. Well, and, and also, you know, the, the one um, video, and it's a short clip, but him, he seemed lost because he's broadcasting basically from his basement, right? He set up a studio there so he could be available to for interviews. Mm-hmm. And then he just seems lost. He's looking around. The other day, he was... Um, they were doing a, trying to do a tele-town hall. And he's on the phone and he's walking around because he's got the person on speakerphone that's asking him a question, right? Like you would in a town hall. And he's walking around and then he just starts wandering off camera. And they kind of had to redirect him back onto camera. I mean, he, he, he's, again, if you're sitting down and you're facing a camera, it's a lot easier and any of us could have done that. But you add that to... The number of gaffes and all the major mistakes that he's made, uh, getting governor's names wrong and and all these things. And I mean, it's a pattern. Every candidate, every president has a whole string of gaffes and things that they have said that are ridiculous and go down. And you could just I'm sure there's a website, presidentialgaffes.com. I'm just Mm -hmm. look it up. I I, I guarantee if if there's not, (laughs) then then I'd be shocked. But the fact of the matter is, this goes beyond that, because he seems lost. And the other thing is, if I was just a political consultant being paid for Democrats, Mm. I would tell them, and tell me if this sounds familiar, I would tell them, you need to go to all the media that supports you and tell them to stop with the coverage of the press conferences of the president, because they're killing, it's killing you. Yes. And it's killing the Democrats' chance 
in uh, in October, uh, in, excuse me, in November because they are extremely effective, and the media is becoming an embarrassment. Yeah, right. And Trump is going to be viewed as a victim of the media. The Gallup poll has showed it. Mm-hmm. You need you need to stop the coverage of it. Right. In fact, you need to stop the coverage on the networks of covering the president on this. Mm-hmm. You just need to, if you have to go to just the people, you you go, you keep the president off completely, and you just go to short audio cuts. You tell the media just to go to short audio cuts of Dr. Fauci. You take the audio cuts of Dr. Fauci as if the president isn't even a part of those press conferences. Right, ignore him. That's what I, if I was a political consultant, and your only goal is to get the Democrats to win because they are extremely effective and they are hurting your campaign. And so... uh it's impossible to do that. You can't do it because the media isn't going to stop challenging Trump and making up stuff about him and throwing those just ridiculous questions at him. By the way, have you seen this now? Who was it? Oh, who was it on the... Was it Biden's campaign manager or somebody else? That the media is doing a horrible job asking mm. Trump questions and mm. letting, letting him get away with too much. Right. They're actually going after the media, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Democrat establishments have to go actually going after the media saying you're not asking the right questions. You're letting him get away with stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just I mean, it's it's wonderful. Look, this whole thing isn't wonderful at all. But the politics of it is absolutely wonderful. Watching these people just, you know, trying to tread water and they can't. Well, they can't. It's and, and this is the problem that they they can't help themselves. They've been in this mode for a long, long time. And we asked the question a number of times over the years, but especially since Trump has been president. How do you reverse that mindset? You can't. You can't. This is ingrained in who they are. This has been going on. The, 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 the conditioning of these activists has been going on. The indoctrination has been going on for ages, for generations. There's no way to change it. It's who they are at their core. And so the fact that they've done this, and we said this, and uh, we said it, and it was funny because we read parts of Molly Hemingway's column, the Fox News contributor and editor of The Federalist. We read part of her column, and after I read it, after off there, I looked at you and I said, so, and you went, those are all the points we made yesterday. Yeah, and I exactly. Went, it, was like, it was like she was listening to the show and just writing it down. We're not accusing her of doing it. She, I am. I, uh, we're, not accu- <laughs> we're not accusing Molly of plagiarizing the show now. I want to make She's that really clear. She's really not that smart. She just gets all her stuff from us. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, she, she doesn't have the intellectual capability That's to do right. it on her own. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're kidding. We're, right. she, yeah, I think, that, that is fake news right yeah, there. That is fake news. Uh, uh, but it, but it was, it's, it's so obvious. It's so obvious that you know that the advice that I would give to the to the campaign, you even, you even need to cut back further. You need to get you need to not have Trump at all. You need to ignore Trump. That's see that's this because, is the thing because they because it's the media is pulling back out of these press conferences because they know it is killing the Democrats' chances of winning in November, and it's making Trump look great, and his numbers are going through. Come on, we all know that. They would love. You don't think that they would love his numbers were going in the other way? Right. And don't you think they would love to just Jim Acosta him all day long? Oh, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If his if the if his approval ratings were going in the opposite way for coronavirus, we all know they would. You, did you see the uh the video of the cat laying there very calmly? And there's a group of like seven or eight bully puppies that are all 
going in and barking really loud at the cat, but not getting close. And they'll just kind of approach the cat and the cat's just laying there calmly. And it's like, this is the media's reaction to Trump during this whole thing. And it, it really is because they come off as a bunch of screaming little children. The better play here is to make it seem like he's not the leader on that stage, which is to do what? Omit it. Omar, yeah. Omit he, him, right. edit him out. But, but right. I'm not saying, by the way, that's something that I would do. But they insist on going after him, so they make him look more like a, a leader, which, by the way, he is. They show, they're the ones, through their behavior, that are causing the president to get these approval ratings. Because they're, yes. they're focusing on him, and the American people see him and the job he's doing, right. and, and by and large, they approve. Well, they, they see that what he's doing is... Now, he will get political when they ask him political questions. Right. Which I think... But the, I think the public's saying, the independents watching are saying, why are you asking that question? Right. That's a dumb question. Ask yeah. about the virus. Yes. You're making this about Trump. This isn't about Trump. This is bigger than Trump. Right. This is about the health of the American people. This is about the, the health of the American people. This is about the health of especially vulnerable people. It's about our economy. It's not personal against you and Trump. Stop making it personal. Stop asking him what he feels. I don't care what there. I don't care what Trump thinks. I care what Trump's doing. Exactly. I'm not worried because America's saying I'm not worried about the spread of Trump. I'm worried about right. the spread of the virus. Eight six six ninety red eye. Spring weather can be unpredictable, from severe showers to surprise last minute snowstorms and beyond. Preventive maintenance, however, is something you can always count on to help you prepare for the roads and unexpected weather ahead. Assess the condition of your truck tires now to help avoid unnecessary downtime later. Check your tire pressure before every trip to make sure it matches your load and that all tires are properly inflated. Changes in temperature naturally cause tire pressure to fluctuate. And with unpredictable air temperatures common in spring, now is a crucial time to keep tabs on your tire pressure. Protect one of your biggest operating costs with routine tire pressure checks and thorough pre-trip inspections. Stop into a TA truck service near you to learn more preventive tire maintenance tips. This maintenance tip is brought to you by TA Truck Service. More bays, more expertise, more solutions. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Curley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Let's go to Jeff in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Jeff, hi. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Good morning, fellas. Hey. Uh, just a quick question. Uh, uh, Biden is not going to make it till November. Eventually, he's going to be doing an interview or something, and he's going to start taking off his clothes and end up in a fetal position on the table. <laughs> In, in, in that case, in that hold case, he hold it, hold it. We're not done yet. <laughs> okay, you okay. may you may continue. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's good to laugh this early in the morning. Anyway, yeah. would it automatically go to Bernie? I mean, he's the only legitimate yeah. candidate in the in yep. the race. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it has to because. Um, if you if you were to usher someone in, here's the thing. I you said uh, he won't make it to November. 
I'm starting to question whether or not he'll make it to July 13th, which is still yeah, right now. He the, might not this, even make it till tomorrow. Right, well, because July 13th is the beginning of their convention. And um, the point being is that, you know, however they're going to handle the rest of their primaries, um, I don't know what happens here. Because as Gary pointed out, I think it was yesterday or the day before, you've got to wipe every, the entire slate is clean. In fact, every state up until now, while it technically matters, is different in terms of and, where we go from here. But that's why I'm, I might not agree with you. Mm. Cuomo could be in the mix because nothing, ma- everything we've talked about before coronavirus doesn't matter. Well, sure. Nothing matters. And so, uh, is Bernie automatically in? I don't know. I don't know that if all of this ends, whether you would have Bernie supporters say, you know, if Bernie wasn't automatically in, whether they would still revolt. Hmm. I don't know. I think a certain portion of them yeah. would. I think, but I don't know if the same portion would that would have three weeks ago. Right. I think I think the I, core. I, th- would. I think they're really going to revolt. I think Bernie's people are going to go nuts if Joe Biden falls down the steps or something. Well, well here's, they don't put Bernie in. Well, here's here's the difference. Because once we become, let's just say that this, you know, were to happen a couple, two, three weeks, and, and we're coming out of this, and people are going back to work, and then they start focusing on the primaries again, right? And then all of a sudden, Biden is faltering in the polls, and he's not performing. And then all of a sudden, you get to a brokered convention. You've got a guy to usher in the governor of New York while people are making it a wish list. You've got a guy who was never on the ballot in any state. Um, you could, I mean, you could usher in Hillary Clinton. You could usher in a number of people. Heck, Mike Bloomberg could pull a, uh, a Ross Perot <laughs> and come back in like Ross Perot did back in the day, right? And jump back in and then True. say, I mean, seriously, because it, that would kind of be the bidding process on those superdelegates if we got to a brokered convention. Either way, there's not going to be a single candidate on the Democrat side that's going to beat Trump. You're absolutely so right. Well, well, now, yeah, well, now wait though. Mm. Get, you got to give us. You you, you got to wait two months before you make that definitive opinion. Because even though the country likes what he's doing right now, we have not yet gone through all the economic damage that will be caused over the next two months. Sure, now yeah, that's, he, that's now, an effect. Now, he may still be perceived as a leader, but the Democrats are going to have ammunition that they didn't have before. And people might say, yeah, okay, he came through as quite a leader, but because uh, I just, I can't, I don't have a reading on it because everything over the last year and a half or two years that set us up to pre-coronavirus mm. is or, or to the coronavirus is now gone. Yeah, right, now right. everything is based from when coronavirus started to where we're, we are in the economy. And and so with such a short period of time, I don't have a read on where things are going yet, especially if the economy is hit really bad. If we get out of this, if we get out of this in the next month or we see that, OK, it's been re- really effective and the airlines are back and mm-hmm. we have really escalated back quickly. And even if we are still in negative growth. The unemployment rate we can see are getting is, is getting much better, that the companies are hiring quicker. That will be a key indicator, because one of the things that the president there's really helped the president is the fact of the uh, the, the 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 job market, right. the, the tight labor market. Right. There won't be a tight labor market if you've got six, seven, eight million people unemployed.
powerful people, corrupt and arrogant, who think they can get away with anything. Gary McNamara whoa. and Eric Harley <laughs> on <laughs> Red Eye Radio. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not arrogant. <laughs> uh, just so you know, CBS did it too. We brought this up earlier in the show, but we know a lot of people are waking up now. But I just want to mention it because we mentioned NBC and MSNBC with their absolute lies about the uh, about the uh, whole uh, chloroquine fish tank cleaner yeah. that Trump was promoting its use. Uh, CBS did the exact same thing. Mm. It was uh, pointed out uh, yesterday on social media. Here's her headline. Arizona man dies, wife ill after taking drugs touted as virus treatment. Nope. Lie. From CBS. It says CBS AP. So CBS Associated Press combo article, whatever. Mm -hmm. Lie. That's a lie. It's a lie. That's a lie. You have he, to did not, he did not tout a, a fish tank cleaner. Beer. As a cure for the disease. Because then Cuomo is promoting the fact that in New York State that you should use it. Well, the fish tank cleaner. In, in fact, he's giving it to people. He's giving fish tank cleaner to people. By the way, have you heard of one death in the clinical trials? I haven't. I have not, no. And it's been, they started Wednesday? They would have started Tuesday. Tuesday. So, so, so as Tuesday, we, Wednesday, Thursday. So, so far... I don't know how many dosages there are per day, but let's just assume one per, right? And uh, I haven't heard anything. I, I'd read earlier this week uh, one, uh, what they, and, and it was, I believe it was in the um, the Wall Street Journal editorial from the, uh, the researchers from the Infectious uh, Disease Department at University of Kansas. And they actually, they actually said what they give them, what the dosage is. Okay. So, but assume uh, just one per pill or what, whatever it would be, you know, okay, they get the daily dosage and that's three so far, three days of that daily dosage. I haven't heard of one death No, as I, a result no. of the drug itself. No, not one. No, there's nothing on that. And, and we should, since they say it's, it, it, if it works, it takes six days, right? We, sh we should know what. Type of effect uh, in, you know, by Monday or Tuesday. Right. Right. We right. should. Yes. So. I think so. Right. Which would be great. Well, if the media is doing their job. Well, I'm 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 just I'm just thinking about my wallet here. Yeah. Because right. if they sign the bill today, the stock market probably because I, last I saw futures were down. Yeah. If they, they sign down, it, it might go down. up. And, and could you imagine if they said this has seems to have a great effect right Whoa. now. Oh, I'm sorry. That was that was yesterday's market. Oh. Never mind. I have to go back to. Okay. All right. Yeah. Down 94. I was. Wow. We're down down 94. Down only 94. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a few hundred of just a okay. couple hours ago. I, I think, think they is is that because are are they are they getting news? Is there any news that they're going to have a quorum this morning? Uh. Wow. Okay. I am now down 342. What did I say? That quick? Yeah. <laughs> what? what? They're like, Shut up. Yeah. Exactly. The futures market is listening to Red Eye. They're like, those guys are live on the air. We're affecting the wow. markets. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I, well, I didn't it, mean to. No, if you, if you, if the, uh, the and, and of course, now here's the thing. Because re remember this week, the whole thing about, you know, that we need to care about lives and not the economy, mm -hmm. you know, in reference to uh, a, uh, Trump in reference to uh, 
the comments from uh, Dan Patrick here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, the state of uh, Texas, Lieutenant Governor, right. in response uh, to what he had uh, said. Well, now Cuomo's saying he thinks mm-hmm. it was a mistake. Right. Right. Well, because it's not it's not either or that he's wondering whether he made a mistake. Is let me let me let me make sure I you know it's the get um, accurately what he said. I mean, I know there have been pundits that have you know made some statements you know that are more absolute. You know, I would rather have this than that. Well, the fact of the matter is, well, you there is the the question is, first of all, hindsight is twenty twenty. Let's be very clear. I don't care who it is that was making the call when, because when you go back to like what China was saying. At the very beginning uh, of the year, and then their testing and what they were doing, and then all of a sudden we were like, okay, we don't trust their testing methodology, and we abandoned that. And we went on to something else, and we also closed the doors to travel from China. So, first of all, you know, we have to remember that, you know, when you're in that position, how much uncertainty there was and what they thought the best thing to do was. Now, there were some over-the-top projections, and we talked about those earlier this morning. And we will again, we'll yeah. hear from uh, the... And, the good- and, you know, and but I think we all looked at that and said, well, wait a minute. Where are you getting these numbers from? Yeah. And so the point being is that you look at it now, and there can be a reassessment every single day. I mean, you're getting that from private sector. You're getting that from uh, local governments, uh, the ones who are actually involving critical thinking and not panicking. Uh, and saying, okay, we're going to reassess this day by day to see exactly what we believe the scientists are telling us to do and what we believe is best for our community or our county, our state, whatever it might be. Well, you had from the task force yesterday. We'll play more coming up on the top of the hour from uh, Dr. Burks, who who said, look, and and there was a big story yesterday about uh, the uh, the scientists who did the, I don't have his name in front of me here, but who did the projections of 500,000 deaths uh, in in Great Britain and 2.2 million in the United States. Oops, way overshot. No mm-hmm. longer 500,000, but mm, the high now would be, at the high end, would be 20,000. Well, that's a little bit of a difference. Right. Yep. That's more than 20 times. That's 25 times less yeah. than what the original projection was. And then later on in the day, you had Cuomo saying, you know, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe we didn't do the right thing in shutting down uh, uh, everything. Well, that's sort of what Trump has been questioning, saying, look, I'm, I'm you know, this thing could get better. Uh, don't know about the numbers uh, out there and the projections out there, because the media was reading the projections at times when Trump would say, I don't know if they're that great. Well, that's a lie. That's what the projections are, as if the projections were gospel truth. And not the reality on the ground. And that's what Dr. Uh, Burks was talking about yesterday. The reality in the ground does not fit those projections. And finally, the scientists in Great Britain who had made those projections said, oops. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And so that was yesterday was the big day where everybody on the federal level, the doctors, the politicians on both sides, Mm. the two lead politicians, if you think about it, Trump and Cuomo on this, right? They're right. the ones getting the most yeah. publicity. Right. Both, you know, uh, Cuomo actually yesterday questioning it in a more blunt way than even Trump has, I believe. Oh, I, I think they, so. They, I they, mean, if you look actually, at, you know, did we do the right thing? Right. Well, I mean, if you think about what Trump has said, and that is, look, we'd like to, you know, we're hopeful to get things 
uh, moving again by Easter, right? And the yeah. media was all over him. Trump says we should reopen by Easter. Well, actually, he didn't say it, that. He said, I'm hopeful that we can start reopening things by Easter. And the fact of the matter is, is that, again, and and a week ago today, you had the NBC reporter asking him, are you going to give Americans hope? They're in fear right now. You're giving, giving Americans hope. So he's he's looking towards, again, hopeful things, that the drug combination will work and that the economy can come back and we can start getting back to normal by Easter. Remember, here's what Cuomo said. What we did was we closed everything down. That was our public health strategy. Just close everything, all business, older workers, young people, old people, short people, tall people. Every school closed everything. If you rethought that or had time to analyze the public health strategy, I don't know that you would say quarantine everyone, Cuomo admitted. I don't even know that that was the best public health policy Young people then quarantined with older people was probably not the best public health strategy because younger people could have been exposing the older people to an infection. Mm. He stressed the need for public health and economic growth. We have to do both. Well, Where's the anger at Cuomo? Right. Where's the articles being written about Cuomo on yeah. a national level? Where's the anger? He's promoting the same thing that Trump is promoting. Right. Are you saying that you're going to quit covering what he's saying, too? (laughs) You're going to quit covering what Governor Cuomo is saying? Censor Cuomo. (laughs) Censor Cuomo and say that he's 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 lying to the American public. He's telling lies and it could cost lives. Right. That's a question for Rachel Maddow. (laughs) I don't watch her show. Maybe she's already done that. But I didn't see anything on that. I would think that would make the news. Well, what he's saying is maybe things shouldn't, what Cuomo's saying is maybe things shouldn't be as closed as they are. Right. Maybe well, we Trump, can open some well, more things back well, up. Well, right. when Trump suggested maybe in two weeks we can make it, we can look into whether we should open more things up, he was criticized. Cuomo is stating that right now he believes that the strategy that we may have implemented is the wrong strategy. Right. You can make the case he's actually going to a stronger position of opening up the economy right now than Trump. Mm-hmm. Where's the criticism of Cuomo? Right. Where's the left going bonkers? Not happening. Not happening. Nope. <sighs> so you know, and- there you go. It's there you go. You know, I think ah, yes. on the bright side, you get back. We get back from the weekend uh, into Monday or Tuesday next week. As you mentioned, we might start seeing some or like <laughs> if the media is doing their job. I'm I'm guessing Governor Cuomo might be actually speaking about results or maybe a medical representative from New York or the FDA. Because, you you know, Fauci's if if that because the story's been out there for a while, that six days seems to be the turnaround when given the combination of the drugs. If that is the case, then on day six, during that press conference or at some point during a TV interview, Fauci's likely to be asked that question. What do you know about New York? And are they seeing some positive results? Let me ask you this question here. This is just a question. not a, well, And in the question, I may be making a statement. <laughs> right. Um, what's the financial center of the United States? New York. Uh, who was the person who, when he first ran for office, 
was against the millionaires tax because he said the the people the wealthy in the New York state pay so much great percentage of the taxes that if you put a millionaires tax on them that they can move governor and, cuomo and and then the rest of the 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 middle class will have to cover the huge expenses you know that we have in New York State. And saying basically we can't afford to be liberal right now. Right. It was Cuomo. Cuomo. Then he had he had to back off it because of liberal opposition. Yep. But who would be most concerned we so we know that thought we know he knows how it actually works. Exactly. He may not he may not be able to lead as he actually believes. Well I mean you and but, I, yeah. but 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 he you know he does know it in his head. Look he look. does and that's is that what he's worried about? Is he worried that New York will take a much bigger hit than most other states will look at the in terms of the blue states the two biggest economies it's california it's new york right no texas no of the blue states i said oh yes the blue states okay yes california oh that's right we're not blue yet okay yeah all right right and and i haven't heard anything from newsom yet but you know he's concerned about it first of all you don't want to be a governor in a massive recession approaching depression territory you just don't want to be a governor during that time. You need business to be open. And and what's happening right now, business in New York, international business in New York is screaming, get the doors open. And you know what's going on in California. We haven't heard from Governor Newsom yet, but you know the same kind of pressure is building there. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So when you look at this week, I mean, when by the time we got to Thursday of this week, it was really, when you think about it, because Cuomo is the is has been viewed by Americans because of the situation in New York mm-hmm. as one of the leaders of this in New York, and so has Trump. And both basically agree that, uh-oh, um, when should we be reopening the economy? Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah. And right. and Cuomo to the point of wondering whether he did the right thing in New York State and whether more of the economy should be open right now. Exactly. If Trump said that, because remember, Trump was just saying that it should be, that, yeah, I'd like to see it open by Easter. And he was just eviscerated for oh, that. Yeah. Right. Well, and and again, it's um, this is the this is the the media world that we live in. The problem, the problem for the media is fewer people live in their world anymore. They used to get away with that. I mean, you know, it was, gosh, months ago that you started seeing a drop in the ratings for liberal cable news channels. Why was that? I mean, NBC, I think, uh, MSNBC, uh, showed some, some growth, but that was probably because all the far left liberals who were looking for impeachment and everything else to work to get rid of Trump were probably tuning in during that time, which is expected. But many people were tuning out. And now you see, in the face of a crisis, of a pandemic, people supporting the president and not supporting the media as much as they did before. 
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Welcome to the Friday show. In the news today, well, first off, and we'll talk about this uh, in just a, a little bit, will they, it looks like uh, uh, they probably, because they were trying to get the quorum in case Representative Massey does not uh, vote for the voice vote, uh, but they're looking to see if they can get a quorum and have the vote sometime today on it, which then I believe the president would sign it. If not, you get the vote tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But on the coronavirus itself, I think it was an important day uh, yesterday, you and I have talked about it, uh, Governor Cuomo coming out and questioning whether he did the right thing, whether closing down and shutting down everything was actually the right thing to do. He was questioning whether it was or not and said, you know, if we would have looked at it or had more time, maybe we'd have, we would have done it in a different way. In essence, making the point, should more of the economy actually be open now and saying, look, we've got to do both. We've got to fight the coronavirus, but we've got to keep the economy going. You and I, again, when we analyzed that, said, hmm, that sounds very much like what the president has been stating all along. That has to be uh, our goal. Meanwhile, you had the scientist in the U.K. who came up with those uh, predictions of of uh, 500,000 deaths yeah, yeah. in Great Britain and 2.2 million uh, in the United States which a lot of counties and states based what they did on. And it has been questioned, wait a minute, uh, the, 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 you know, are these models accurate? Well, that could be possibly be the, you know, the worst that we could get to. Well, now he's revised and said, oops, I was about 25 times off on my calculations because he went from 500,000 deaths uh, in uh, Great Britain now down to 20,000. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Deborah uh, Burks, White House uh, Coronavirus Response Coordinator, talked about this yesterday. And I'm going to play it. This audio cuts a couple minutes long, but it's important that we play all of it and then we'll go over it after uh, the audio. Significant symptoms, because remember, you had to have a fever and symptoms to get tested at this point. So still 86 percent are negative. These are really important facts for the American people. I'm sure many of you saw the recent report out of the U.K., about them adjusting completely their needs. Um, This is really quite important. If you remember, that was the report that said there would be 500,000 deaths in the U.K. and 2.2 million deaths in the United States. They've adjusted that number in the U.K. to 20,000. So half a million to 20,000. We're looking into this in great detail to understand that adjustment. I'm going to say something that's a little bit complicated, um, but I'm going to try to do it in a way that we can all understand it together. In the model, either you have to have a large group of people who are asymptomatic, who have never presented for any test, in order to have the kind of numbers that were predicted 
to get to 60 million people infected or of 6 million people infected. You have to have a large group of asymptomatics because in no country to date have we seen an attack rate over one in a thousand. So either we're only measuring the tip of the iceberg of the symptomatic cases and underneath it are a, a large group of people so we're working very hard to get that antibody test because that's a good way to figure out who are all these people under here and do they exist. Or we have the transmission completely wrong. So these are the things we're looking at because the predictions of the models don't match the reality on the ground in either China, South Korea, or Italy. Um, we are about five times the size of Italy. So... If we were Italy and you did all those divisions, Italy should have close to 400,000 deaths. They're not close to achieving that. So these are the kinds of things we're trying to understand. Models are models. We're adapting now to the reality. There's enough data now of the real experience with the coronavirus on the ground to really make these predictions much more sound. So when people start talking about 20% of a population getting infected, it's very scary. But we don't have data that matches that based on the experience. And then finally, the situation about ventilators. We were reassured and meeting with our colleagues in New York that there are still ICU beds remaining, and there's still significant over 1,000 or 2,000 ventilators that have not been utilized yet. Please, for the reassurance of people around the world, to wake up this morning and look at people talking about creating DNR situations. Do not resuscitate situations for patients. There is no situation in the United States right now that warrants that kind of discussion. You can be thinking about it in a hospital. Certainly many hospitals talk about this on a daily basis. But to say that to the American people, to make the implication that when they need a hospital bed, it's not going to be there. Or when they need that ventilator, it's not going to be there. We don't have an evidence of that right now. And it's our job collectively to assure the American people that it's our collective job to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, right now, you can see these, state, these cases are concentrated in highly urban areas. There are other parts of the states that have lots of ventilators in other parts of New York State that don't have any infections right now. So we can be creative. We can meet the need by being responsive. But there's no model right now, I mean, no reality on the ground where we can see that 60 to 70 percent of Americans are going to get infected in the next 8 to 12 weeks. I just want to be clear about that. So we're adapting to the reality on the ground. We're looking at the models of how they can inform. But we also are learning very clearly from South Korea and from Italy and from Spain. Just a final, because I know many of you will look up my numbers. The only people who are over really one in a thousand cases are people that have very small populations like Monaco and Liechtenstein. So you will see a different number coming from when your population is really tiny. One case can put you over one to a So there you go. So there you go. Uh, and and just to, to uh, highlight some of the things that she said, first off, she was trying to make the point right in the very beginning that most of the people that have been tested are because why? They have some kind of symptoms. They're symptomatic. And and as she said, still 86% of those tested don't have it. Now, we have been stating that the information we have gotten was 
you know, around nine out of 10 don't have it. Mm-hmm. And so it's close to that particular number, 86%. And so what she's saying is 86% don't have it, even those that we view as high risk or might have the symptoms don't have, uh, you know, the coronavirus. Right. And and so when you look at, at that in, in itself, you wonder if, you know, the models out there, you know, were correct. Uh, they She talked about uh, how uh, in Great Britain they have revamped the models from a possibility of 500,000 deaths down to 20,000. And she was even saying that the, the, the point is we don't see 60 to 70 percent of the American population getting it it's just the nothing on the ground shows that she was even saying that 20 percent she doesn't see that figure no that the 20 percent figure she doesn't even see and what she was talking about in the middle and i even yesterday i just said look here's what they're saying i'd explain it but i don't know if i can explain it correctly mm-hmm. because of the medical terms involved in it but she actually she actually did and what i got out of it to simplify it here because that's what I was having a problem with yesterday, trying to simplify it. Because one thing we like to do is take something and break it down where it's extremely simple so that the idiots overnight can understand it. Mm-hmm. And then we know... We're the idiots overnight, by the way, not the, not our listeners. For right. anybody who's new to the show. Yes, we're the, yeah, we're the idiots overnight, just so you know. So that the two idiots... I should have said the two idiots overnight. Yeah, right. So the two idiots overnight understand it, then we can relate it to you. And clearly you will all understand it. We're the but, original COVID-idiots. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so what, what she, it seems to say is that either you have this small population, and she was talking about that's why we need the antibody test, that either we don't have it right when it comes to uh, uh, how contagious it is. Right, the transmission. That the transmission rate is wrong. It isn't, isn't as great. Or you have just a tiny fraction that actually show symptoms of it, and you have this huge number of Americans underneath that actually have it, but it really hasn't affected them at all. Right. That's what I got out of what she was trying to say. Well, and I don't know because it's hard to like go to a scientific conclusion, but it looks like in either case that is a bit of a positive. You see what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because if you're if you're looking for something again that's that's a little more promising than all right. Um, because right now the rate of transmission was a, a huge, huge concern. How easily this virus and disease traveled. Well, that's that because that's what's got us all sitting at home. Let's face it. Right. Yes. So then if you look at it, then it is, okay, what is the effect on people? Could you have a number of people sitting in those homes that have it or a carrier of it? And will never develop symptoms, and it just doesn't. I mean, it, it, it maybe at the at very mild symptoms, uh, similar to allergies. Again, I'm asking an, an open question. Well, right. Either right. way, right. There are things that they haven't learned, but it is in either of those scenarios that she pointed out. Again, just isolating it to those two scenarios. Either one of those would, or both of those would be a positive, right? Because what she, what she's saying is nowhere do we see on the reality on the ground meeting anywhere near those projections, which means the projections had to yep. get something wrong. Either right. uh, uh, the the fact that there are uh, you know a lot of people under those that actually have the symptoms and are affected by it in some way, mm-hmm. where you can recognize it, fever and and everything else that comes mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have it a small percentage and a great deal 
We're going to find out, and that's why she said test antibodies, that you'll see, oh, there's the antibodies for it. Right. So we've got millions of Americans, because it is really contagious, that actually aren't affected by it at all. Right. And some right. people in those high-risk groups really are. Yeah. But if it is the masses have it, I'm again, I don't want to play doctor here, mm-hmm. but if the masses have it, you have set up immunity. Yes. A huge immunity, which would be good news. Or the other thing that they're wondering, is it not as contagious as they thought? Right. And so I think that I think accurately we portrayed it. And and hopefully that nobody will report that Eric and Gary were telling people to drink bleach. Yeah, exactly. Or fish tank cleaner. Or fish tank cleaner. Yes, I hope that's not. I heard Eric and Gary in the 4 o'clock hour. They were telling people to drink ble- drink, drink bleach. I heard it. Well, because think about <laughs> think about the limitations right now, I guess, outside of san francisco but even there think about the limitations that have been put in place the whole shelter in place thing mm-hmm. they all have huge exemptions oh if you got to go to the store well who doesn't have to go to the store oh well if you've got to go here and there i mean with the exception of sitting around a bar liquor. or sitting at a restaurant you can still go to the liquor store still go to the you liquor can, store still, in most places you can still play golf in my county you can play golf in your <laughs> county look i mean the fact of the matter is this is is that we we still have, by and large, while we're not going into office spaces, we're still going home. We're still walking into stores. Now, I did see a number of, and anecdotally, a number of stores where there's a line out the door because they're only letting so many people inside the store at a time. Yeah, but nobody was six feet apart in every line no, I've seen. No, nobody. Now, I've only seen one line, and it was out uh, earlier this week at Home Depot when I mm-hmm. drove by, and it was, they, they, everybody was standing a foot away from each other because mm-hmm. the line was getting pretty big. Right. So people that just don't naturally, when they're standing in line to get into someplace, they're not following the six foot. No. And, and <laughs> the only thing, I went into the Barrier. outside section of Home Depot the other day, and I was there just briefly, and they had a marker. And I saw a convenience store that, uh, a convenience store that had the same thing, and that is, please wait in line at this point. Yes. Until the that. next person right. is, is done mm-hmm. ahead of you, uh, and then you can move up, stay here. But, I mean, they, they basically... But I was walking by. I had to walk between two people in order to get over to the the drink that I wanted to get in the in the cooler case. So I walked right between, and I mean inches between two different people. The, the fact of the matter is, is that we are commingling. People are out and about. They're just not going to restaurants and sitting down. They're not going to bars and sitting down. They're not apparently going to strip clubs and sitting down. <laughs> I don't know. Do you sit down in the strip club? I. I don't know how that works, but the the, the point is is that I I, was, I had an answer for it that <laughs> had something to do with the lap dance, but I'm just going to move <laughs> on from that point. Certain people sit down, <laughs> uh, but, but the, the point being, <laughs> we won't mention that. We'll edit that part out later. <laughs> but I thought it was a kids show, <laughs> exactly. But but the point is is that I mean that points to, and again, it's anecdotal. I don't you know I don't want to put false hopes, but let's let's look at what we're doing as a society. We're not going to work. We're not traveling on the roads, but we are going to places well, that have other people. We know this. The reality in the ground does not fit the models that existed that said this is going to be a massive pandemic that's going to kill millions. Exactly. The reality on the ground does not match that. Right. Now, to what degree, I can't tell you, and neither can they. And and does that change at some point? We, right. we can't predict that. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
Two areas of the West are experiencing growing drought coverage and concerns. This is USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. One is centered on the Four Corners region, sort of the area where Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and New Mexico come together. We have some pockets of moderate to severe drought, or D1 to D2 there. And then finally, the emerging drought area that has been developing in the latter part of the winter and into the early part of the spring across much of California and stretching northward into parts of the northwest. He does note appreciable rain and snow in the Golden State over the last few days. That trimmed a little bit of the drought. We currently see about 40% of California in drought. That's down from 48% a week ago. Yet Rippey adds the precipitation comes too late to save California's mountain snowpack season, with accumulation totals about half normal of average seasons. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. I want to thank Democrats and Republicans in the Senate for unanimously passing the largest financial relief package in American history, 96 to 0. And I have to say it's the largest by far. And I'm profoundly grateful that both parties came together to provide relief for American workers and families in this hour of need. Now, uh, we have the, well, the majority of you are going to be getting it because the majority of America will be getting the, 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 uh, 1200, mm-hmm. uh, per adult in the family and the $500, uh, per child. We will tell you the absolute best news you could possibly hear on that coming up following the bottom of the hour. Yeah. Right. It's what we started. It was such important news. Everything else was moved to the backstage. Yes. To start the show out. It was the number one thing that we started the show out with. Yes. Right. And it's actually something that people have called us on probably four to five times this week. We've got a ton of email on it also. Well, we actually had one caller. I'm not going to take it unless. Right. Well, you got the unless, if, that, if that's a clue. Right. But I'll figure I'd tease you just a little bit on that. Here's your forecast. Some potential icing, possibly snow in areas of South Dakota and Nebraska. You'll want to watch it as you proceed westward from Sioux Falls on I-90 or westward on I-80 out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Should be clear to the west of I-29 at least for the next few hours, but we do begin to pick up that rain-snow area in that region coming off the Colorado Rockies. Now, as we get into the Midwest, things change over to rain, and that area will become more widespread. For the overnight and early morning hours, we'll see rain chances extend from Pittsburgh into Columbus, Ohio, Indianapolis, Indiana, and over into central Illinois. As the day progresses, though, that area becomes more widespread to include not only those areas, but back toward the west, portions of Iowa, Missouri, and Kansas. I-10 is clear from California to Florida. Your national forecast from Red Eye Radio. I'm meteorologist John Trout.
The Bonus Show. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Welcome and good morning. Thank you so much for uh, being here this morning. All right, you want the news? No. If you're if you're getting a check cut, if you're getting the twelve hundred dollars, uh, if you're a family of four and getting the thirty four hundred dollars, uh huh. Wow. Wow, that's a lot of money. If if you are oh, okay, boomer. Uh, if you are like the uh, eight is enough family and get a million dollars. That's why I said, okay, boomer. Yeah. Anybody under 50 is going, what are you talking about? Eight is enough. Uh, but uh, it's all tax free because it comes in the form of a tax rebate. Yeah. The first check that you'll yes. get is tax free. Now, the unemployment is not tax free. Yeah. If right. you collect unemployment, it's not. But the check that you get, the so-called stimulus check or relief check, by the way, it won't. I, I'm not looking for a check from the government. I want a direct deposit. I'm going to say, because you're not getting a check. <laughs> I'm, I won't be getting a check or a direct deposit. You know, we're victims. Stupid Republicans. We're, vic- we're victims again. That's right. I, you know what? I'm going to stand with Massey. I stand with Massey. <laughs> <laughs> for those that don't know, Representative Massey out of Kentucky. Uh, his uh, district is in northern Kentucky. And he may be one that opposes the voice vote. And basically, it's a procedural thing. So if there are no objections to a voice vote this morning in the House, then they'll take a voice vote, and then it likely would pass. But if he says, no, how about no, then they've got to call everybody in. Now, they put the word out yesterday, and you and I both saw it. I know The Hill had the version of the story where they were saying, look, you probably need to come back to D.C., which, by the way, is ridiculous. Massey's not going to win this. He can vote no because he thinks he's going to get political points. By the way, he's a Republican, to be clear. And I may agree with him on that. But what you're doing is you're forcing people in Congress to get on planes and go back to Washington. Now, we can have the debate of how much fat is in this and how much money we should be spending and how much money we should be giving people to sit at home, especially if it's more than they would be making working in terms of unemployment. And I'm with Representative Massey, but this is not the battle you pick right now, because even the most some of the most conservative in your district right now that fall under that category that are eligible for this money, they're right now already spending it in their head. This is not the battle you pick at the at this point. It is not going to gain you any political points. You want to stand your ground. That's fine. The point is, it doesn't matter. You're going to lose. And the only thing you're going to do is cause a delay in the uh, disbursement of those funds for the people who need it. And and again, I'm not a big, fat spender. Quite the opposite. I'm sure that I agree on principle with Mr. Massey. But the fact is, is that there are people in his district and all over the U.S., and they'll, it'll be delayed because they'll have to go into Saturday and it, if they need to go to a vote. And you're going to have to get people on planes. And I'm asking, why are you going to do that when you're going to lose anyway? You can vote yeah. no, and it, um, Amash can vote no, but it's still going to be, other than those two votes or maybe a couple more, it is going to be an overwhelming yay. Well, I think you and I both agree that this is disaster aid. Yes. And disaster aid doesn't go to people who haven't been affected by the disaster. Right. Exactly. So the fact that we're doing this, if you wish to have after this, if you wish to have in May after... You know, if if this, you know, goes in the direction that we like in May, things are great. 
and the economy is still bad and Congress wishes to have a, you know, a truly economic stimulus bill to do something like that, that's fine. But this was disaster aid and we disagree with that being, you know, being done this way. Uh, we will look back at this. We told you from the very, look, we told you weeks ago that when they came up with the, because this is what? This is bill number three, right? Yep. This is aid package number three. Mm-hmm. You know, we said, look, they're going to go overboard. Honestly, I didn't think they'd go this far. Right. I really didn't. I mean, they, right. they they went further overboard than I ever thought. And so I I disagree with a ton of it. I don't I don't believe that you should make more in unemployment than especially now. I think it is a negative to an economy. I don't think you should make more in unemployment than you can working a job. I think it's wrong to be able to self-certify yourself to say I can quit this job and collect more money because you realize you can collect more money for the next four months. Will the majority of people do that? No, because the majority of people want to keep their job if they can keep their job. Will some do it? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is it a disincentive? For people to go out and get a job, well, absolutely it is. Duh. Right, right. We all know it is. Right. And so I disagree with that, and you and I disagree with the fact that people that aren't you know, laid off or haven't been affected by this should uh, – families that aren't affected by this, that have kept their jobs mm-hmm. and have seen and have kept their salary throughout this and it should not be getting $3,400. Right. It's wrong. Right. But the reality is it's happening, mm-hmm. and the votes are there. You're not going to stop it. And as we've said before, the problem that we have with deficit spending, which this is, is not when it's done in emergency times, even if it goes overboard. Right. It's the fact that we overspend in normal times. Yes. Year after well, year after it year. Sets a new precedent decade after for, decade after decade. It yes. sets a new precedent for that kind of behavior. Yes, it does. Because yes. what, we, what we did in 2009, the bailout of the banks, changed the mindset. And we know because anecdotally we heard it. Well, if you're going to bail out the banks, I want mine. People who were otherwise fiscal conservatives before that were saying, no, it's not fair. The big banks got their money and GM got bailed out. I didn't get anything. I want mine with all the money that was spent there. Mm -hmm. Well, you look at it now and we're spending, gosh, compared to TARP, what are we spending? uh, At least three times more right now. So, I mean, and that's just so far. Probably a lot more because a lot of those loans ended up being paid back. No, that's a good point because yeah. if you yeah. look at the banks, uh, yeah. those those loans, what was it? Ninety something percent of the loans yeah. were repaid right. by right. the banks. Right. A lot of a lot of the banks never used the funds. In fact, or some right. of the banks never used the funds. Well, the fact of the matter, and that's a great point. So now we're spending two and a half trillion, which will not get paid back. Now, some of the loans could be paid back, but if the business is gone. I mean, where is the I mean, if eventually it gets that bad, the business takes the loan. Well, they've got so so long to to take it back. Well, if they if they go under, if they're bankrupt, then there's not going to be a repayment of that. The point being is there's way too much fat in this. There's way too many things wrong with it. I agree with Lindsey Graham. I know you do, Gary. People shouldn't be making more off of unemployment than they were making on the job. That's ridiculous. Lindsey Graham wanted to cap it at 100 percent, basically saying you couldn't make more. I would have capped it at 80. And the fact of the matter is... Right, yeah, same with me, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, the, right. the fact of the matter is there has to be some incentive. Even at 100%, there is no incentive, incentive to go right. back to work right. when you can sit at home all day and watch whatever's on yeah, but, daytime but TV. But why did Lindsey Graham say 
because, because you, you can't politically you can't get away politically with politically you can't say you can't, you say, can't people say people need lower. to take a 20 yeah. percent pay cut. we didn't have a discussion on that but yeah. we but, but that that's what was going on at yeah. that at that time right so, right i'm uh, surprised by the way that amendment got 48 votes you, you know yeah. it was 48 48 uh night before last i'm surprised they got 48 votes frankly and, but that's where we are and i don't care if you're amash i don't care if you're massy the fact of the matter is this you're not going to win this battle um politically you're not going to win this battle what do we see when the uh, when they talk when the uh, stupid republicans did their tax cuts because <laughs> gary and i have to pay more um yeah uh, but no but very quickly here before you mm-hmm. make your point because i think it's important because we had talked about it before because mm-hmm. people have said uh you know uh you guys had to pay more taxes and it was just some business things that we're involved in that actually have helped eric and i make more money and mm-hmm. and these these business things that were in these deductions we were able to take helped us in our business ventures make more money which means we paid taxes at a higher rate mm-hmm. because of those deductions right we actually we actually paid more in tax dollars because the deduction exists mm-hmm. yeah. than than uh if the deduction did not exist mm. because of how it was able to accelerate the amount of money that we made that's why we were against it. We well, weren't against. Yeah, that yeah. was the idea the, behind the, the, that. that, that right. and th- which, right. by the way, was a deduction that a lot of people got in their business. Right, and so that yeah. was the point that you don't you don't take you don't take away a deduction which is which encourages the making of a lot more money that will be paid at a higher rate mm-hmm. because removing that deduction means there will be less money to the treasury. Not actually more, right. and you can have a win-win on both sides. That was always our objection. Our objection was not we 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 had a lot of fun with it because overall the tax plan we agreed with. Right, we have a lot of fun because we're playing the whole jealousy thing. You got your tax cut and I didn't, uh, and and uh, we had to pay more in taxes. Nah, it wasn't even even we had to pay. So we're having fun with that. But the reality is, we don't like tax policy that punishes. Making more money discourages that uh, d- that that growth. Dis- discourages the creation of wealth. Right. That's what we don't like. Right. And so that's why we just so we, people know why we objected to it. So yeah, yeah. And and you know and and so when you know when that was going on, they were talking about you know limiting those deductions and everything else. And again, you get to a point where uh, you have to pick and choose your battles. Right. Um, you you look at the salt tax. Uh, the uh, the state and local tax, and we said, okay, there were a lot of conservatives around the nation going, yeah, because we don't want, in the blue states, they get a much greater deduction because of their laws on the state level, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then you started seeing some pushback in red areas of blue states and also red areas of red states because it turned out that where they set that cap, oh, wait a minute, that affects me too. The point being is that to Representative Massey or anybody else, or Amash, uh, you may say that you're against this, but but people act in their own self-interest. You may think it's a political win, and I may applaud you on the idea of standing your ground. That's great and wonderful, but you're not going to win it. It is not there. This is not winnable for you in that position, either politically or uh, procedurally when it comes to the vote. And so it will either pass today or tomorrow. Yeah. Now, right. I, and I haven't it seen. I, I just, I just scanned the headlines, and I didn't see where anybody said that they had a quorum yet. That they knew no, that they had right, a quorum. Right. Now, I, I didn't check the hill.com and sometimes they will know, though. They'll, right. they'll be one of the first to know. 
Uh, but that's if they if they have a quorum, it will pass today. Right. I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't see it not passing. Right. Let me just quickly check here. Uh, no, no, not an update from the hill.com. And normally they'd update something like that. Uh, just House leadership advises members to return to D.C. as Massey weighs roll call vote on the stimulus package. And what's really ticking off members of Congress is you're making them go out in the public and getting, get on a plane. And they don't want to do it. Right. Right. It's like you're exposing us now. You're exposing members of Congress to possibly getting the coronavirus when you don't need to do that because you're not going to win this anyway. So why are you doing well, it? Well, and that's I guess that's probably the biggest problem I have with it. You're calling people back to go through airports and to have to travel And it's very unnecessary, just so you can get political points, which, by the way, I don't believe you're going to get. No. 866-90-RED-EYE. What's the difference between standard number two diesel and premium fuel? Ron Jessen is director of product management for Cenex, the makers of Cenex Roadmaster XL premium diesel fuel, and he fills us in. You may want to consider the, the total operational cost behind the price of the pump. If you look at the cost for replacement and you look at the cost of ongoing maintenance, unfortunately, those costs haven't gone down. They've actually continued to increase. But switching to a premium diesel fuel can uh, really result in some large operational savings with the fuel economy and reducing the equipment repair costs. Our fleet owners, if you want to consider trying a premium diesel fuel in the past, or if you have considered it in the past, now is really the time to take advantage of that with the lower diesel fuel prices to try out that premium diesel fuel. There are more than 1,450 Cenex locations in 19 states across the Midwest and Pacific Northwest. Visit Cenex.com to find a Cenex location and learn more. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690. Did you see this one from Michigan? Michigan Attorney General urges residents to call cops on neighbors violating stay-at-home orders. Oh, no, okay. Oh, All right. Uh, Michigan Attorney General uh, Dana Nessel is uh, Dana is Nessel is asking uh, residents to tattle on their neighbors if they believe they are violating the governor's stay-at-home order. Well, hmm. Here's the question, though. Wait a minute. Can you make the Nazi reference to that one? Can you not go to the grocery <laughs> store? Exactly. Um, you uh, can you not go to the grocery store under the governor's order? Yep. Yeah, because you could it bans tra- bans travel for uh, uh, tra- travel and work except for essential reasons. Right. Which means also going to the grocery store, food That's or right. you know right. take out food if it's available still in that state. Right. I'm guessing it is or groceries. So your neighbor calls. I saw him get him in his car. The police show up. They pull you over. Hey, where are you going? Grocery store. <laughs> i mean let's quit being stupid about this i know seriously i know it's ridiculous i mean why is it that the people in the blue states other than governor cuomo i'm just we just need to give them credit just to have a right now a lack of critical thinking and of course gavin newsom when it came to the cruise lines well, and the the compliments he the, gave to the president i'll give him that exception there is a criticism of him not re- re- replenishing ventilators and 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 spending a billion dollars for the uh, Tesla plant, hmm. the solar power plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some criticism there that you know you're blaming toward, Trump to uh, to, to Cuomo. Cuomo. 
Oh, the Cuomo. Oh, sure. But yeah, I mean, yeah, other yeah. than, uh, you know, other than that, yeah. what he's enacted right now, and he's talking about opening everything up again already before Trump was, I think yeah. that's something you can applaud. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.